Keith Andrew Dunn, you are charged with the heinous crime of not bringing material along for the podcast number 67. Mm. Sorry. Hang him. How do you plead? Um, guilty. Castration. (laughs) (laughs) I hereby sentence you to be emasculated. (laughs) Bring on the nutcrackers, Gladys. Welcome, welcome, welcome once again to the show. Hey. Thank you, Arthur Jean. I'm Crumbly. Do I talk into this? Yes. Yeah. Sorry, it's been a long time. I'm Fake Keith. I'm Adam. Hello, Ian. <laughs> Hello, it's me, Jean. And I am Real Keith. Gonads on stun. Gonad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's harsh. <laughs> 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 this is going to be a podcast full of double entendre, so... No, that's 69, you think you have? Oh, right. oh, mm-hmm. yes. We're practising. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes, dear listener, you have two more to steal yourself. <laughs> <laughs> then things get really puerile. Anyway, swimming to the surface of the primordial swamp, climbing out and land on taking its first breath of information, it's the news with El Presidente. President. I want to be today. Oh, okay. That's going to be very uncomfortable later tonight. Why? <laughs> why, yeah, why? What do you usually do with him that I don't know about? That's what I usually do with you. Purcell, outside, <laughs> you and me, now. <laughs> Can we watch? Yeah, okay. Anyway, Doctor Who tours the nation. The Doctor returns to our screens in Easter. In Easter? Do you mean at, at Easter? At Easter. Mm-hmm. But before he travels the universe, he'll be touring the UK at the end of March. Matt hey. Smith and Karen Gillan, the 11th hey. Doctor and new companion Brunhilde Nobnacker, hey. will be hopping aboard a specially themed Doctor Who tour bus and visiting five communities from Northern Ireland to Northampton. Each location will host a regional premiere of the new series opening episode, The 11th Hour. Which is actually 65 minutes, apparently. Ooh, but yes. never mind, gloss over that. Yeah. The tour bus will be visiting Belfast before moving on to Karen Gillan's hometown. Is she from Inverness? Yes. Yeah. Her hometown of Inverness, Sunderland and Salford. What, did she no, get around to this? Wow, between yes. Inverness and Sunderland. Anyway, Sunderland and Salford are the next stops before journeys end in Matt's hometown of Northampton. Northampton? Ooh. Although <laughs> tickets are not available for any of the screenings, we'll be on board the bus to bring you... Who? Not, not us. <laughs> is, it, is this something you're not telling us here. Sadly not, no, this is off the BBC website. Uh, oh, oh. Some he BBC cheats. hack will be on yeah. the bus. <laughs> he, he cuts and pastes information from any old place. Oh, I do. Type it out himself. I do. No, no, no. And in early April, there'll be a separate series of events in London, Manchester, Edinburgh, Plymouth and Swansea. These will feature <laughs> giveaways, the chance to see the new trailer in 3D, get your photographs taken whilst tumbling through the vortex and come face to face with some of the Doctor's deadliest enemies. Can I tumble That's... through the vortex? No. No, 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 no,
what I was going to try and do. <laughs> There's no control in this accident, Right. According to The Sun, oh dear. Nintendo have struck a deal with BBC Worldwide to license a Doctor Who game for their DS and Wii consoles. It's due to be in time for Christmas 2010 and will also feature the Daleks, the Cybermen and the Silurians. Mm. Does this mean I need to buy myself a Wii Fitboard for running up and down the corridor? <laughs> right, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yep. You're not allowed to run on Wii Fits. Apparently it damages them. Yeah, you, you can't jump You have to hold the little yeah. thing in your hand and do yeah. lots of vigorous arm movements. Oh, uh, well, I'm used right. to that. Yeah. What were you saying about Joe? Any more news? <laughs> Please, God. <laughs> Before we go, I just want to say... <laughs> Dragging ourselves out the gutter. Huh? Room Rears is be out in October. So that's, what, six months no, to that's, write that's a computer game? I think, personally, I think once it Christmas uh, 2010, it's optimistic. Yeah. It's going to be rubbish, isn't it? Yep. <laughs> Still going to buy it. Yeah. Yay. Decent game for the Wii. Wee. All right, we have a Delia Derbyshire documentary. Ooh. All the Ds. Mm. The Delian Mode. The Delian Mode is a short experimental documentary revolving around the life and work of electronic musical pioneer Delia Derbyshire, best known for her groundbreaking sound treatment of the Doctor Who theme music. Yeah. Original. Yes. The film features interviews with Brian Hodgson, Dick Mills, Mark Ayres, as well as other friends and colleagues of Delia. Mm. We have a, a website address which I'm sure you'll put in the show notes. I will indeed. But I shall put, mention it here now. It's HTTP thedelianmode.com You hear Delia Derbyshire and you automatically think of sort of housewife's choice mm, and Mrs. making Beaton. cakes yeah. that well, rise yeah, wonderfully. Yeah, you're you're the other Delia. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it, it does, I'm, I'm sorry, but the name does strike mm. me as a uh, trademark. <laughs> trademark. Delia yeah. Derbyshire. <laughs> Yeah, limited. <laughs> she wear plastic pants. Yes, I love it. And we have one here. JMS takes over Superman and Wonder Woman comics. I'm sorry, Ooh. I read that wrong. Did you? <laughs> I thought it was JMS was taking over Superman while Wonder Woman gets on stage and tells a few jokes. Ah, uh, close, yeah. close. Could be right. Yeah. Where could you find that? I don't know. <laughs> In a very strange place. Babylon Five creator J. Michael Straczynski will be taking over DC Comics Superman and Wonder Woman titles on an ongoing basis, <laughs> starting in. July with Superman issue 701 and Wonder Woman issue Wonder Woman. 601. <laughs> Does, does well, he does this, what, is he drawing it or what? <laughs> no, he's writing the scripts, I would assume. Yes, he's writing it. Does this mean he's jumped ship? Because he's done, used to be doing a lot for Marvel. Yeah, I suppose he must have done, yeah. So, and, mm. and knowing the usual rivalry between Marvel and DC. Mm. Yes. Yeah. I think he had some problems in, with Spider-Man towards the end with yeah. the oh. editor, yeah, I know, didn't he? I know the, the story threads that he was writing just got shut off as they decided to... Ch- the incoming editor didn't like Yeah, yeah. So they, they kicked out everything and rebooted all the stories that everything he'd written had just been thrown in the trash. Yes, yeah. Shame. But oh, yeah. They're, they're he's always wanted to write for Superman, Superman apparently, so Ooh. we'll see what he does with it. Why? Superman was the naffest of all the superheroes <laughs> that existed. Yeah. No, he wasn't. No, he was. <laughs> it's very hard was to write for. He just imp- he's a boy pervious, scout. isn't he? He's a boy scout. He's yeah. too goody-goody. Yeah. <laughs> too powerful. Superman's powerful? Well, his only weakness 
is a bit of green stuff. To every issue, you have to have a bit of green stuff. <laughs> a bit of green stuff. Oh, so a glass of absinthe would floor him then. Yeah. yeah. No, no, yeah. Or a good old pavement oyster. Green, green kryptonite, red kryptonite, black kryptonite, oh, blue kryptonite. Oh, there's all sorts of colours of kryptonite. Enough for the kryptonite. There's a missed opportunity all, there all for the a versus. You could have Superman versus the Green Cross Man. <laughs> <laughs> My money's on the Green Cross Man. So is mine. He's yeah. got a much better accent. <laughs> Splink. I won't be there when you cross the road. And he also has evil force powers. He does. Oh, yes. Did he have a little robot? Oh, no. Didn't he? I thought he had a little robot at one time. A Green Cross Man? Yeah. He doesn't need a robot. He's got green tights. <laughs> Read the last bit of news, please. <laughs> The Shat wants you in his outer space. I changed my mind. Don't read the last bit of news. <laughs> the Shat wants you. The Shat wants you. The Shat wants you as a new recruit. The Shat wants you. The Shat wants you. The Shat wants you as a new recruit. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I thought you'd enjoy it. William, the Shat Shatner, has been persuaded to front a new social networking site called MyOuterSpace.com. <laughs> it's a bit of a weird one. It's not for everybody. It's for kind of professional types or budding professionals. Depending on your speciality, animation, acting, writing, music, you register one of six planets... Projects are designated as different starships, which recruit talent from the different planets. Mm. Mm. So it sounds more like a way of getting people together to work on projects, whether yeah, it be yeah. websites or computer games or... I thought you were going to say get DVDs people together to feed his ego. <laughs> <laughs> well, there is that. I'm just wondering how much he's been paid. Mm. Yeah. I suppose this is a good way for companies to find new, new talent as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, because it must be hard to break into these industries now. Mm. A lot of the more traditional routes, especially with writing and music and animation, have disappeared. Mm. Yeah, it'd be good to get people together for a kind of web projects of doing yeah. things for YouTube. Yeah. yeah, maybe, maybe as a place. Quite why Shatner's involved? I'm not quite mm. sure. <laughs> because he so. is Captain James T. <laughs> and the actual web address is H T T P. Colon, my outer space. You forgot the forward slash. Dot com. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <it's good. laughs> Any additional news? Um, I, I, I have. Do you have an addendum? I have an addendum. I Did have you not addendum. use the cream? Um, I, I have one addendum. Uh, apparently, Dark Horse Comics are oh, doing two Dark Horse. Sorry. Two one-shot comics. Oh, two. Ooh, I knew there was one on one, there. One's based on Walsh. Walsh. Walsh, Walsh, Walsh Oh, will it have the coat in it? Oh, the brown coat in <laughs> sure. Yes, the brown coat. Oh, and so the, the, the other one is actually meant to be revealing the past of mm. Daryl Book. Yes. Ooh. Heard of this That'd one. be interesting. Yes. Yeah. That's he, the one that intrigues me. The shepherd's tail. Yeah, or something. that's it. Yeah. He doesn't wear the coat, though, does he? No, he's got strange hair. He has, yeah. <laughs> does seem a bit of a resurgence of Firefly and Serenity there stuff. There is. Um, I think, what is it, QXL. It's an American company who do lots of um, what I can only describe as props. They did a, mm-hmm. a money pack, a map book, a coat. blueprint book, and <laughs> the... Coat. Sabby shot. No, that's Abby shot, and I'm mm. ignoring that. And <laughs> also did the, um, the Captain's Papers. Uh-huh. They're, they're bringing out another map map book which shows one of the trade arms. Oh, okay. Did the Captain yeah. keep his papers in the pocket of his coat? <laughs> no pockets in the coat, sadly. 
I have one piece of oh, final news, sad news. Oh, 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 yes. Peter Graves yes. has gone to the grave. Mm. It was a, well, a, not mission, quite yet, a mission too impossible to refuse. Yeah, he did he self-destruct. Was airplane, wasn't he? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um. yeah. He liked gladiator films. <laughs> Tommy, have you, do you like films with gladiators? <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, Joey, you ever seen a grown man naked? <laughs> <laughs> 82, wasn't it? 83, I think. He died of a heart attack or a stroke. Mm, sad. Totally Good innings. Do you like it when Scraps rubs, his, yep. rubs himself up against you? <laughs> and he has to go and sit in the corner now. Yes. <laughs> and that winds it up for the news. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> and now, mm. fresh from the halls of the BBC, not very fresh at all, it was from 1963. So it smells BBC. a bit. It does smell a bit. We present <laughs> Doctor Who. Right, most of us have been watching the Daleks. Those of us who forgot are just going to wing it. So if we start talking about resurrection halfway through... Yeah, just forgive us. <laughs> we don't mean Daleks generically. We, we mean just mean the, the Daleks. Yeah. Episode 1963, 21st of December yeah. to 1st yeah. of February 1964. Apparently, it was the episode with one of the scariest cliffhangers ever. But if you showed it to anyone now, they'd go, eh. "Yeah," and one of the scariest hairstyles as well. Well, yeah, but we'd got used to that. But it was an iconic cliffhanger, which is still used to this day. The Daleks. Sucker thing, waving menacingly, wagging (laughs) menacingly. Back at the plot, the attack by sink plunger. (laughs) When Doctor Who started, it was very, very strictly enforced that there would be no BEMs, Mm. i.e., bug-eyed monsters. This would be a truly educational program, bug-free. And then something happened. I seem to remember there was a writer strike or there was a failure with one of the scripts and they mm. had to get a guy called Terry Nation in to write an episode or story for Doctor Who rather quickly. And he created probably one of Britain's most iconic BEMs. <laughs> yeah. I'd like to argue a point there. I think most people would agree. Right. He chucked a few words on a page and the designer created one of the most iconic Yes. In Doctor who who history. And who was I believe it? that was Raymond Cusack. Yes, was. Raymond Cusack. So we had the Doctor with his trusty companions, mm-hmm. Barbara, Ian and his granddaughter, land on the planet of... Scarrow. <laughs> and there the plot begins. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's right back at the beginning of the series. It's the second story. Uh, what is it? Fifth episode? Uh, yes. Yeah. Fifth yes. episode. We still don't have the Doctor we're used to. We still have no. the Doctor who's cunning, conniving, and quite willing to go up against his own mm. companions. Especially where the Mercury link is concerned. Yes, absolutely. sabotaging yeah. the ship mm. so he can explore. Mm-mm. It's the way they fell for it, though. <laughs> well, you show that to a five-year-old these days mm. and they'd go, dude, he, like, did it himself. <laughs> well, if you look at Ian, you can it's, tell he doesn't believe yeah. it at all. He mm. think, he's, yeah. he's sure the Doctor has done he, it deliberately. He has Punching to go along. him out yeah. would have been bad form. Yeah. He has to go along with it because there's no actual evidence to the contrary. He yeah. just doesn't mm. and trust him. the damage is done. They need Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The, the Doctor in this one isn't our safe hero no. that the Doctor no, is no. now who's going to look after the companions and make sure they stay alive. Yeah. He's just as likely to jettison them. Yeah. Well, he's, yeah. he's what Colin Baker started out as. Yeah. You just didn't I know what Colin he was going to do. Mm. The Colin Baker. Oh. 
Make a chop of mashed potato be a ball. Less throttling, I thought. Slightly less throttling, but still mad as a box of frogs. Yeah. And I must say that Barbara predates Amy Winehouse by at least 40 years. But she drinks less. Yeah, but that hair is still boof onto him in the his life. It's like a crash helmet. It's Oh, no, he can headbutt doors and go. And all the way through episode one, we have but one life form on our planet. Blonde hair. Blue eyed, innocent little cherubs. Almost, (laughs) almost sort of (laughs) avatarish. Well, they're not ten foot tall and blue. How do you know? It's black and white. (laughs) They might be blue. Could be be blue, yeah. Mm. The Thals. We don't actually see them until episode two, is it? It's um, shadows and hints that someone is there lurking in the trees. Following them, because you don't actually see it, because they've also got the cloak, these sort of. Yeah. Mm, that's Are they the most unlikely bunch going, though? Yes. Um, <laughs> all for sort of controlling yourself and not punching strangers in the face and <laughs> saying, hi, it's a good morning, isn't it, when it's raining. But every society to function needs a certain level of us and them, a tier mm. system, as it were. The people at the top need to be the tough, ruthless, heartless gits. And <laughs> if the souls are all lovey-dovey, twee, let's not raise our hands, almost Buddhist in their outlook, they're not going to survive very long. Well, they had no nobody to fight, did they? No. They seemed to be just Each roaming. Each other. We all manage. <laughs> <laughs> from, from the impression you're given, they, they come from an isolated valley a couple of hundred miles away. Mm. They're also traumatised by yeah, this that's massive that's great another. war that there are some hints that actually they may have started. Oh, the uh, yes. pe- petrified yeah. forest or whatever yeah. it is. Because this is also the first mm. time you get a retelling. I mean, since then you've had... Um, uh, the Genesis. Da- well, since then you've had the Dalek tapes, which have appeared in the TV 21 comic that, okay. tell, that tells a different origin yes. form. Yep. And then you eventually get Genesis, which tells yet another different origin tale for the Daleks. <laughs> I think Genesis can probably be worked in f- yeah. fairly well. Because yeah. obviously Genesis set before this, but... Yeah. And up against yeah. our tree-hugging, blonde, <laughs> fluffy bunny wumpkin type hippie <laughs> Fluffy bunny wumpkins. <laughs> That's a cockney upbringing for you. <laughs> we have this harsh, metal, straight-edge city containing the... Daleks. So when you said blonde-haired, I thought you were going to say blue-eyed Aryan <laughs> race. Well, we don't know if they've got blue eyes, because it's in black, well, and, black and white. Grey. Grey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, sort of slightly sort of darker shade of grey. And the Daleks are the antithesis of yeah. the Thals. That was mm. a very good word for a podcast. Well done. Antithesis. I was impressed. Was it you didn't stutter. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, I keep thinking about Barbara and her sort of bouffant hair. <laughs> I mean, as you say, lacquer to within an inch, to within an inch of her life. I mean, I'm just reminded of that scene from Red Dwarf where they use Crichton as a battering ram. <laughs> you expect her to say, "I'm very well, thank you, Shirley." <laughs> it's like having a commentary with Janet Fielding, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Back with a haircut. Yeah. What I do like about the Dalek City, yeah, it looks and it's designed for Daleks. Yes. We're yeah. Taking it for an, another example, mm. um, uh, the film version. The yeah. film version, the doors are all high so the mm. humans yeah. can fit in. It's, yeah. it's designed for humans that the Daleks use. Yeah. But this one, the door frames are all low. They're at an angle. They're mm. Dalek shape, mm. for want of a better word. So well, I mean, yeah. there's, there's no sort of slopes. It's all yeah. very sort of flat surfaces, yeah. ramps it's, and such. It's very... 
the, the design for it is very specifically designed for, for the Daleks. Daleks. Mm. The designer yeah. put yeah. thought into the sets and whatever. When did the Daleks stop relying on static electricity? Oh, don't. We, we've had this, we, we've had this conversation, <laughs> but sure. Well, the Dalek invasion when they, they had sort of sticking straight yeah, up. Yeah, but at yeah. some point they totally ignore static electricity. Yeah. yeah. Completely. Is it like yeah. on Stargate where they decided the Zap guns would kill you if you shot twice <laughs> and two episodes in realised that was the stupidest idea in the world? Probably. Mm. kind of ignored Probably. it I think they relied on static electricity for the first time they appeared second time they appeared they had dishes on their backs mm-hmm. which yeah. the, the energy when we're not told if it's static or mm. otherwise is beamed to them and then after that and they then after forgot that it. Yeah, I think the ch- from the chase it, it onwards you had the slats yeah, yeah it came yeah, in yeah. and out which is th- meant to be the power this, this ah. did give us we've got we've got Barbara and that on the Dalek city but we don't know the Daleks and this did give us the most what was then, and to to extent still is, iconic and frightening end of an episode, yeah. Yeah. which is entirely and utterly down to the acting. Oh yes, yeah. of Barbara. Yeah. She did try to disappear into that wall. Didn't <laughs> yeah, she? You, yeah. you've got. What we don't know is a Dalek's eye view yeah. of Barbara, and all we see is sort of like a bit of a sucker arm and, and almost this round view, which we now, as soon as you see a round view on Doctor Who, go But no one has seen it there, and entirely and utterly her reaction, and she is terrified. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's, it's a wonderful cliffhanger. And it works so well. I think Terry Nation used it on every other single Dalek episode Going, he, he yeah, wrote. Yeah. Every end of episode one has a Dalek appear. Yeah. And you know it's going to be a Dalek there because it's in the damn title. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, unfortunately, yeah, after this one, the yeah. Daleks became a bit sort of like uh, right, right by numbers, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, another thing that I do like about this is the Daleks talk to each other. Mm. They relay information to each other. Beyond this, I think it's it's certainly Pertwee's time onwards. They're all of one group mind and they're all mm. just chant. At the moment, yeah. they're discussing, they're, they're talking. They're almost cults yeah. of Scarlet yeah. at the moment. Yeah, like, yeah mm. that's and it. I think the, the other thing is, in context, this is our first Dalek story, but then in context of the timeline of the Daleks, this is actually quite late in their origin. Yeah, yeah. So there are things we see coming in later. It's a good story. The only thing I'll say about it is it's very long. There's lots of yeah. money yes. through marshlands yeah. and yeah. that kind of thing. But as an introduction mm. to what will be the greatest Doctor Who monster ever, good start? I'd, I'd say, yeah, good, good start. Good start. Kind of a rip-off of the time machine, I suppose, of the to, two. To a certain extent, mm. yeah. yeah. And it has to be said, in terms of Ray Cusack's design, it is the one monster that has been very, very, very minorly altered oh, yeah. over the years. Mm. You yes. can take the modern Dalek with his swivel arms around his middle or so it put and him next to that visual Dalek and it's, mm. and exactly it's the almost same. exactly yeah. the same because yeah. it was that good a design it's, it's, it's been that... tweaked slightly yeah. but it's essentially the same look yeah yeah, it's become more complex, but yeah. basically mm-hmm. the shape, you know, the profile is the same. Worth watching. And it was nice to know that after it's uh, appeared, Verity Lambert's boss admitted he oh, knows yeah. nothing and she knows everything yeah. and <laughs> left her to it. Yes. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think one of the, the only, one of the only reasons this was aired or made is because they had nothing in yeah. position to cover for it. Yeah. Yes. That's if, the only reason why it went ahead. If they hadn't actually aired the Daleks, there is very strong possibility we wouldn't be sitting here no, having not these a chance. No, no. Because it, it finished did, after the it, first it series. Doctor Who. It, it ignited was... the imagination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So it's... on so many reasons, this should be in your collection and you should watch it <laughs> oh, yeah. once. Yeah. 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 At least once. Yeah. At least once. Yeah. Yeah.
Right. Anyway, gentlefolk, as uh, myself and uh, Auntie Jean are both card-carrying members of Camera... Camera? Uh, for the under- what is Camera? Um, campaign the, the for Real, real ale. ale. Right. Yes, the campaign for Bloody Real Ale. awful stuff. Oh, crap. Oh. I just said that to be, you know, awkward. It's <laughs> <Yes>, heresy. <laughs> You're walking home. Mm. <laughs> OK. Yes, we get a nice little quarterly magazine, originally entitled... Beer. Yeah. <laughs> wow. What does that stand for? Beer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> a cursive acronym of some kind, isn't it? <laughs> no, it's not an acronym, unfortunately. Yeah. Yes, and um, in the spring edition, there's um, an article uh, submitted by uh, one of its readers about a pub crawl taking in uh, locations around London that are featured in Doctor Who. Oh. Not, not the Fitzroy Tavern, however. That is no, not mentioned not, in the No, it's not mentioned, that's actually. Then that isn't a real owl pub, so... Uh, Doctor Who... Pop-up yes. Mm, who, mm. Who's the author out of interest? Anyone uh, we know? It's a guy called Dan Raywood. Nope. <laughs> Don't recognise the name. Hi, Dan. Hello, Dan. Right, when everyone's sober and fit to go, uh, the first stop is a pub called The Bunker on Earlham Street. Well, which is close to Old Brewer's Yard for the episode of The Web of Fear. Mm. Mm. Second trail is one called The Crown and Anchor. The what? The Crown and Anchor. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is rhyming slang. Yeah, I thought so, yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> then on to the Freemason's Arms on Long Acre, next to the Freemason's Hall, which appeared in The War Machines. Aren't oh. Freemasons meant to be secretive and hide these things <laughs> rather than putting big Not signs? ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Next up, the Halfway to Heaven of Trafalgar Square, which was the setting for many episodes, including The Christmas Invasion and Rose. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Perhaps not a first stop for many real ale drinkers. This did, however, have Wells Bombardier on draft. Mm, That's quite a nice (laughs) pine, that is. No idea what you're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) Next is The Old Shades, which was apparently a pub featured in The Web of Fear. Several guest ales in there, including Adnam's Broadside. Oh, very, mm, very nice. Next up was the politician's favourite, the Red Lion on Parliament Street, which was the setting for the Aliens of London and World War Three. Was it really? Oh, okay. This, well, apparently this place is notoriously small but always busy, and unfortunately it was closing at eight pm. Mm, very Ooh, strange. A pub. Mm, yeah. Well, the MPs have to go home to their second mortgages. Second wives. And the next stop, if people are still standing, is the St Stephen's Tavern on Bridge Street, which is opposite the Houses of Parliament which apparently which featured in the episode uh, Genesis of the Daleks apparently it's a very nice Hall and Woodhouse pub and <laughs> I cannot think of one point in Genesis of the Daleks, Daleks yeah. that may look pub-like did Scarrow have pubs I remember Scarrow I suppose it must pubs. have done <laughs> Davros to hatch his evil plans. Yeah. Yeah. I've a really, really good idea. It's all weaving all over the place, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Even though they're not drunk, they're doing that. I'll take a mutant, this Mark III travel machine, and combine it. This is a good idea. You should do that. I'd bloody buy that, I would. You're my best You're a bloody mate. genius, I love you. You're my best friend. <laughs> And if you're still standing by then, the last two pubs on the pub crawl are the Marquis of Granby. I've been in there. Yeah. On Romney, uh, on Romney Street. Yes, and uh, the Morpeth Arms on Millbank, close to the settings for Terror of the Zygons and the Invasion. Mm. Mm. And to wind up, he says, I am sure there are many TV location-based uh, TV series pub calls to be done, and this was an enjoyable one, which provided drinking, limited sightseeing and location visiting. <laughs> While there was no Dalek Arms or the Canine and Cyberman, it's proof that great pubs and great beer can be found in the heart of the capital. Health warning, drinking is not clever, but it's an awful lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I think, was it Gideon Vendetta? Is part of and organises a regular doctor. He does. He does, yeah. He can yeah. regularly yeah. be seen staggering mm. blitzed <laughs> along yep. the embankment, yeah. seeing, seeing go, Dal- show me the way to go home. And, and seeing Daleks and Cybermen everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> Next. Ladies and gentlemen, I would just like to announce that we haven't said... <gasps> He's looking at the back of Adam's neck, baby. He's going to bite him. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. He's, gonna... He's been watching Being Human. He has. He's going to leap off of that pole. And, and bite Adam on the neck. Yeah. So <laughs> after three, one, two, three... Hello, One day he's going to say hello back, and they're not going to hear us for dust. And then all you're going to hear is a scream and sigh. Running away. (laughs) Me throwing women and children behind me. Try, boy, just try. (laughs) Oh, he's he's glowering, he really is. Oh, he's not happy. I think he's got an itchy nose. Could you itch it? That's it. Oh, no. <laughs> get your finger out. <laughs> Don't eat it. Oh. <laughs> Salty. If Superman doesn't like green stuff, goodness. can he pinch, can he pick his own nose or is that dangerous? Could he be. gets Lois Lane to do it for him. Ooh. I pick his nose. Season two of Being Human has just finished. Yeah. Oh. And we all cried. But 
Actually, I wanted to throw up a point, but that's besides. <laughs> that's because you're a heartless, heartless cockney cow. But I love you. Guts and gore. There was, wasn't there? The BBC design department had been round with the sauce. You've just got this image of somebody walking through with a big bucket of bread paint and a brush. Yeah, slap it. Bit well, in it there. was like that episode of Mr. Bean where he just put a, a stick of dynamite into a tin of paint, and painted it left, up. it exploded, and everyone who got hit, well, you're dead. Yeah. But anyway. we're jumping the gun. Yes. And he wound up. El Presidente. Oh, so Bean Human season two. Yes. Mm, yes. It begins where it left off in season yeah, one. It, it follows directly on from season one more or less I mean the passage of time I think the majority would have been about a week after the events of mm. season one to my mind the first section of the season is very much picking up the fallout of season one yes which obviously lost spoilers here but yeah, yeah. Nina the uh, girlfriend-ish of George the werewolf yeah. has mm. been infected yeah. yes mm. she got she's now a werewolf herself mm. accidentally yes yes without George's knowledge yes I think she was a bit unfair because she's giving George <laughs> a bloody hard time about <laughs> was, how yeah. he doesn't understand her and he doesn't and it, but she's not telling him why he right. doesn't yeah. understand she was being a bit of a cow why he should be more sympathetic about what he's done to her all he's done to is the world thing not turned her into a vampire <laughs> yeah. call, or werewolf <laughs> according to him mm. yeah <laughs> so she so. was being a bit of a cow I'm afraid for the first he has episode. no idea and, and yeah. has this certainly for the first half of the season has a constant bewildered upset look on his face yeah that's was, George that, yeah. That is George yeah. <laughs> he was being a bit of a wimp wasn't he <laughs> but there we go and of course Herrick is dead Eric is dead. And we've got all the fallout yes. from that. Yeah. So, um, what is it? Mitchell is more or less being thrust into the role, unwillingly accepts the role of Vampire King, for one of a better yes, word, or yeah. the, the leader of this nest. Somebody needs to take over because they're just yeah. running riot, yeah, killing just, people well, left, right, and centre. It's falling to pieces. Yeah, yeah. Well, basically, lots of you know, lots of bodies are turning up in the morgues drained of blood. Yes. And he's got to put a stop to it. Yeah. yeah. Which is, uh, I think, one of the aspects, certainly during the current vampire craze, it's one of the aspects I like about being human so much is they're treating the vampirism as an addiction. Mm. I you got them you, certainly in Mitchell's case you've got him trying to be good, yeah, trying to be nice, trying to be human, but he does fall off the wagon every now and again. Yeah. It, his darker side is still very much prevalent. It's still there. Yeah, so none not... of the um, vampires got a soul and wouldn't hurt a bunny yeah. rabbit kind yeah. of no. thing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. No, they haven't uh, lost their souls. They're just compelled yeah. to drink. Mm. It's, it's, it's a blood. Like, so it's, 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 it's like yeah. um, when when he does a backflash to how he's first person to help him through his his coming off blood and what's it Herrick said to him yeah when you become a vampire you don't change your personality you're free to do what you want (laughs) but your personality stays the same and I like that idea that if you were a wimpy wuss you probably still will be yeah I'm really sorry I'm really really sorry (laughs) and you will still be a wimpy wuss and apologising while you drain the person's blood that that goes really that heart back to season one because uh, you had a flashback of how Mitchell became a vampire and he would only become a vampire if he left his other army mates 
go mm. from First mm. World War. He sacrificed himself so the rest of his unit could go free, which still ties into the the vibe you get from Mitchell current day. Mm. And I do yes. like the fact as well with this, and this is how Mitchell gets tied into it, that unlike a lot of other series, is the vampire's victims don't conveniently disappear. There is a whole repercussion yeah. to these vampires. Yeah. They mm. are in the real world. They've built in this whole mechanism about covering it yeah. up, but the victims still come into the hospitals. Yeah. There yeah. are questions, but there's still bodies. You know, it's not like suddenly they quite nicely disappear. A lot of other programs do, don't deal with the consequences yeah. of the vampires. In, you get the impression, certainly through Henrik's reign, there was a how can I put a it? System in place. System, system in place. Yes. yes. And then we also have Annie, the ghost. Yes, who I thought was rather underused That's in right, season yeah, one. Much, there was a couple. There were, there were times I found her rather, um, I wouldn't say annoying, but I mean, <laughs> where she goes for a job interview in that pub, and um, she's laying down all these ideas about, well, about man management and time management and stuff. Yeah, she mm, that's, yeah. Yeah. came in looking yeah. to take over, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. More or less. I mean, I just found that slightly annoying, though. So. I, I got confused yeah. as to who could see her and why, and could yeah. they touch her, and it's, how the yeah. hell was she going to get survive a job? at a pub without anybody ever accidentally rubbing up against yeah. her. And <laughs> I mean, the, all very friendly, are they? Telling fake crumbly. Right. I, I think they had a couple of good episodes for Annie that they could actually have dragged over a couple of the mm. episodes. Mm. But her storyline—they mm. wrapped up her storyline in an episode, and they did that a couple of times. Yeah, they had they had a lot of work to do because they did so little with her first season. They had to put her through a lot in second season to make the end make sense, yeah. mm. unfortunately. So, yeah, she did try to become like a normal person, get a job, yeah. mm. try to get a kind of boyfriend. Yeah. But they had um, the beginning of the episode, everyone could see her. Cause, yes. Because of the, the end of the last se- season, everyone yep. could see her. Yep. And then suddenly everyone can't see her due to the... The door. The doorway mm. effect. Now, they could have dragged that storyline a little bit on a little bit further. Mm built it yeah. up slowly but it was over and done with in the one episode that's what I mean I think they realised they made a bit of a mistake making her I think visible did, to everybody yeah. because what is a ghost if everybody can see them yeah. hear them yeah. and interact with them too much of a human she yeah. actually yeah. She, instead of being human she became human again the only thing was she was a human that was actually dead yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, there wasn't anything more to her I think they made her too powerful at the end of the first episode what with all the paranormal activity throwing mm. in the undertakers rescuing mm. uh first season Mitchell from the first yeah, season yeah. they made her too powerful there and they thought Christ right, we've got to rapidly scale her down Yeah, they scaled her down too much and they didn't know what else to do with her also they needed to get her in a position where she felt isolated yeah. again yeah. Mm. where she would have no friends left she'd be on her own just haunting this old house Yeah, as she started yeah exactly I do have to say though as costumes go she died in the most adaptable pieces of clothing I I sat there and watched and thought she has one pair of leggings an undershirt a little waistcoat and a grey cardigan (laughs) and it looks like she's got an entire grey wardrobe because in that different way she wears that grey cardigan it's it's, it's 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 variations of that it's a good job he didn't knock her down the stairs after she'd just stepped out of the shower (laughs) because the the costume department would have been at a loss (laughs) I thought the episode (laughs) where she looked after to the ghost baby oh, yeah. was good um, because it brought home to her that that's something she's never going to have mm. and it was the beginning of her realising you know this isn't such a great deal and yeah. what the hell am I going to do for the rest of eternity I, I like the little twist with that as well the ghost baby's only like 
ghost stories instead of fairy yeah. tales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mind you, what about a boyfriend though? The, I mean, eighties um, dude. Eighties <laughs> dude. Was that who he is? Um, in the second series, um, um, was the guy, the same guy from the pub. That, was he the guy from the Arachnid Doctor Who story? No, it, it, it looks very much yeah. like, looks a lot like it, the boyfriend, yeah, no, Donna's boyfriend. I hate to say it, but he's in EastEnders. He is now. in EastEnders. Yeah. He's a murderer. Oh, speaking of EastEnders. <laughs> and then we have George. Yeah. His season arc is basically, as ever, coming to terms, controlling his. With who he is. Yeah, yeah. His, his demon. I like the one when he puts the babe, the, the werewolf, to, to sleep. sleep. Yes. Yeah. And unfortunately, the werewolf didn't exactly sleep, and he ends up with, with <laughs> sort of like Tourette's syndrome. Yes. <laughs> yeah. If the werewolf is still there and, mm. because it couldn't go mad, yeah. intrudes on his world. Because yeah. it didn't get to play. Yeah. yeah. And because he's broken up with Nina, he yep. finds somebody else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. And has a rather disastrous. Far too quick. Yes. Yeah. Let's just say rebounding with a Vengeance. Yeah. Mm. Let's just say a rather interesting parents' evening at school. Yeah. Wasn't that mm. wasn't that brilliant? His <laughs> his range. Yeah. Oh yeah. From normal man's voice to high pitched woman who's seen a mouse <laughs> screaming. Yeah. Yeah. The high pitched shriek. Yeah. He's a very good actor, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I like <laughs> this this one because what I've seen in the first season, you got the whole art with Henrik, but the stories were more isolated. There was one about the werewolf. There's one about the vampires. One about the ghost. In in this one, you've got the vampire story continuing yeah. on. Yes. So you've got his... And then you've got George's story starting to develop. Mm-hmm. I get the feeling, especially the, the end of this one, where Annie appears on the TV absolutely yeah. scared, yeah. that they're going to carry on with, especially when you see the ending, which you won't necessarily say, say because people don't know, that it's, the vampire story... It's a glorious will ending. <laughs> well, it's it a is spoiled in one of the feedback letters. It probably oh. is. Oh. That George, George is now living with Nina mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's going to continue but I get the feeling that the next season is going to concentrate more on Annie and ghosty type things that, there's mm, gonna, yeah. that these voices that are coming over the radio aren't going to be quite as nice and friendly and as unaffected in the real world mm. as well, we think and I think there's mm. going to be the next season will be much more concentrating on her this one got very kind of like religious yeah yes. we haven't mentioned mm. uh, the, the good and oh, the bad decompression chamber mm. Oh, aren't they a horrible one? That was rather messy, that That, was, That was... They're the bad guys, but they're not the bad guys because they're evil. I think they're the bad guys because they're good. As in the fact that we are going to do what's good for you, even if it kills you. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. The, Mengler have that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. As they say, they're, praise they're the cons- Lord and pass the, the ammunition. ammunition. Yeah. They were very much consumed by religious fervour. Yes. Yeah. Someone's yeah. like, we're going to convert you. Yeah. Well, I'm, I, I don't know. I think, like so many other situations, the religious fervour was an excuse. Because the only reason he went after vampires was because his wife, and I get the impression his daughter, yes. mm-hmm. were killed by vampires. Yeah. Yes. Now, even if he hadn't been a pastor and that happened, he probably would have still gone after the vampires. But mm. because he was a pastor, it's now become God's duty, his religious yeah. yeah. duty. He's pushed him but over the edge. It's, it's an excuse 
to get revenge. Well, mm. What, yeah. what struck me as mostly... I can't remember the pastor's name. I can't remember the character's name. Uh, Kemp. 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 What struck me most about him is the fact that he was genuinely insane. It yeah. was under wraps. It was mm. controlled it and it was directed. It wasn't screamy, shouty no. insane. Oh, no. It was that kind mm. of frighteningly yeah. calm insane. Mm. Yeah, you, you look at it and you realise that sanity is not there. There's no outside marks, but there's just no sanity behind those eyes. There was mm. some weird stuff with him taking uh, Jaggett's stuff he took her hairbrush yeah. and her mm. cup and was licking around the rim of her cup yeah, and, yeah. that was yeah. just mm. he was yeah. a bit weird yeah, as I said it, it <laughs> was wrapped in a tight ball and it was also he was so obsessed that this is evil yeah. that these couldn't be friends that it's all a game where mm. they're showing concern for each other well it's an act yeah, why, it, why would it be an act behind closed doors when they're not being re- don't know they're being recorded yeah. he, he mm. was so obsessed by what he wanted to see yeah. he couldn't see Anything Reality else. had nothing to do with the yeah. situation. Thoroughly enjoyed it though. <laughs> yeah, it's very good. I thought it was a lot better than season one. Season yep. one was great. I think season two is even mm-hmm. better. Season one was spectacular and they built on it. Yeah, and it's good to see in that flashback to 1969, was it? Yeah. That old mm-hmm. Herrick was back yeah, for that Herrick's episode. He was sorely missed. I mean, it was also good to see Mitchell come off the wagon in such a spectacular oh, fashion. Freaky. Yeah. <laughs> so that's what I mean. He, they do fall off the wagon. Yeah. And when they fall, they fall hard. I well, still preferred well. season one personally. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. I think it's the way Annie was under you. Used and I wasn't overly sympathetic of the religious nuts. You no, thought she was I, underused in season two? Yeah, I, th- I preferred her in season one. Okay. Um, I, th- I suppose it's because it was all new. Yeah. And it became a bit repetitive. Like we said, mm. what the hell can, can you do with a yeah. ghost once yeah. you've got over the ir- initial, mm. oh God, she's a ghost. George, I still loved. Mitchell, <laughs> yeah. Prefer nice Mitchell, though. <laughs> I, I have to admit that after about two episodes of The Religious, I was starting to sit there thinking, is this putting me off? Because for a moment it did, and I thought, oh, here we go. We've got vampires, we've got werewolves. Oh, we must get the God Squad on. It's, mm-hmm. you know, chalk and cheese. The only option to the bad guys is the good guys kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I thought, is this going to go down the road that a lot of these kind of things do? But I was quite pleasantly surprised yeah. with the characters and who they were and how it panned out and I'm glad I actually went beyond the point where I'm sitting there thinking I don't know this is turning me off slightly all this <laughs> religious aspect of it but also for the you watched it in bulk yes where you watched, watched it episode yeah. as it come out I watched them back to back <laughs> yeah. all eight episodes eight still hours looking forward to season three though. oh yes yeah. fantastic yeah. ending yes. really good ending Right, we've all been to the cinema. Yes. We're forced to pay an exorbitant amount of money just to see a 3D film. £10.70, it cost me. What? Yeah. yeah. Utterly ridiculous. Which <laughs> if they're going to keep making these this 3D nonsense, they need to bring the price down. Yep. It wasn't actually made for 3D either. Mm, no. So why should we have to fork out this amount of money? Cine World. Well, the only reason I went... Bastards. Was for the Doctor Who trailer. Yeah, but anyway, the only reason why I almost walked out after And that, that. was disappointing. Yeah. So they but cut it. They what? did actually have the Doctor Who trailer at the 3D version I went to. Oh, really? Nah. What a rip-off. I'm glad I did ask. Well, anyway, what were we watching? Alice, Alice in Wonderland, Wonderland by Tim Burton. I Actually, I don't think he wrote it. I'd just like <laughs> no. to... Um, yeah, by, by Lewis Carroll. Well, yes. <laughs> I'd just like to mock our eldest construct, who's <laughs> 20 years old, big chunky bloke and he wouldn't go and see Alice in Wonderland not only because it was a girls film but because for his entire life has been scared of the Cheshire Cat's smile Oh, wasn't <laughs> the Cheshire Cat brilliant oh, yeah. 
Stephen Fry. Voiced by Stephen Fry. Oh, I don't care about. I thought that just the yeah. way he was animated and the way he comes in and out and yeah. puffs and mm. I was brilliant. Yep. <laughs> and there's also a purring noise whenever he appears. Oh, yes. Yeah. Mm. I have to say, like everyone else, I went and saw it in 3D and I was very, very disappointed in 3D. And mm. like with Avatar, where it actually worked, there were points where I was getting a headache because the depth perception went out. I later found out it wasn't filmed in 3D. It's yeah. been upscaled to yeah, 3D. I did have a stonker of a headache afterwards. Oh, really? Yeah, the, the, I think the glass wearers of the world do not do well mm, with Alice no. in 3D. The problem I had with it was that they would change the focus, so things in the background would be out of focus. Yeah. yeah. But it's 3D, so you should be able to focus, focus on anything. Yeah. But yeah. you couldn't, because it was blurred. You're just trying to focus on stuff, and you just couldn't. Mm. I don't know if it's me. It could be my age, but the 3D craze, the moment, just doesn't grab me. Yeah, I, I wasn't impressed. This is the first uh, 3D film I've seen, yeah. and I, I wasn't impressed. I think in terms of the 3D, this is a bit like Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings came out in three parts and everyone went, wow, look at all the money we can make and we had a load of films come out in two and three parts. Mm. Mm-hmm. But the reality was they weren't good films, they weren't actually two or three parters, they were spread yeah. out and the audience stopped going. 3D, Avatar was made in 3D for 3D and everyone went, whoa, mm. people are not going to start paying 10 or £13 for something that isn't actually made in 3D, that isn't bringing anything to the party by being in 3D yeah. and they will go mm-hmm. see the 2D versions and it will just fizzle out ultimately that, like the I three parts. I hope so because unfortunately Cineworld in Crawley it was Cineworld in Crawley they only show a couple of um, the 2D showings a day mm. usually mid, in well, the middle of, of the day yeah. they yeah. don't show any, any in the evening so if you want to go and see these films you don't have any choice but to fork out a ton of money just to go and see a film <laughs> anyway um, back to the actual Keith. story back to the yeah. actual film fake Keith is slightly irked just a touch uh, uh, I noticed that it isn't actually Lewis Cowles because it's set after the book. Yes. yes. Yeah. She's all grown up. This, yeah, this is one of the things I think that was quite cleverly done because if you think about it in wonderful, open, modern 21st century, to have a 13-year-old girl <laughs> drinking out of bottles that say, drink me, <laughs> yeah. and eating food that says, eat me, would have the PC police down on you so far. <laughs> well, not only that, I don't, think, I don't think today's kids would be that stupid. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I, I liked the fact with this one that it was Alice was a grown woman who is trapped into a situation she doesn't want to be in yeah. and runs away and gets mm, trapped into a situation she doesn't want to <laughs> be in where it's all pre-ordained she's insists yeah. she insists it's a dream until about three quarters yeah. of the way through the film not so much a dream as a drug inducer <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what happens when you drink from a bottle saying drink me <laughs> yeah. oh that's it when you see a caterpillar sitting on top of a giant mushroom a blue caterpillar a blue caterpillar <laughs> Smoking a bong. I mean, whose <laughs> name sounds very, very similar to a hallucinogenic French drink of many, many yeah. years ago. <laughs> I mean, and it, say, and it says in Alice in Wonderland, the cat speaks in a very slow, languorous voice. He was Dylan from the Magic Round. He was stone. <laughs> he was. Yeah. He was out of his tree. You mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I certainly think the imagery, which was closer to the books than any other Alice mm. in Wonderland, such as the Disney or whatever. Yeah. The imagery mm. fits Tim Burton perfectly. Mm, doesn't it just? Yeah. Off the wall. The, the, yeah, the, the off the wall goth- very gothic, gothic. Kind of off the wall mm. situation. And, and there yeah. were characters that you knew something had been happened to them. They stretched like the prince, mm. the, the Red Queen's prince. It took me a moment to realise his body's been stretched. Yeah. 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 And her he head's... looks normal, but then you think, who isn't? Yeah. And I thought that was very cleverly done, mm. but wasn't, wasn't Johnny Depp fantastic oh, as a mad brilliant. hatter? <laughs> 
a constant startled look on his face mm. all the way through. And the changing of accents yeah. quicker than... Mm. Apparently he got in a Rhapsody Nez bit by well, watching this and loved it. Yeah. The only bit I didn't like was right at the end when the, he did that bloody stupid break dance. I'm not <laughs> oh, yes. entirely sure why that was necessary, but it did, it made me cringe. Because the name of it <laughs> sounds slightly naughty. Yeah. yeah, but you don't have to mm. do it. I did like also, with Alice being... How old she's, what, 21, 23? Mm. You got the feeling there was a little bit of sexual tension between the Mad Hatter and Alice. <laughs> he well, started to fall in love with her. <laughs> I didn't know is that myself no, but I, 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 <laughs> yeah because the, the bit about the size. Sorry? <laughs> of Alice. Of Alice. She's always too tall or too small. And now and she's just the right and she's size. she's just the right yeah. size when she has to go. And he mm. tries to kiss her towards the end and stay and all this. There is, there is yeah, a little suppose. underline yeah. there of, uh, of the hatter falling in love with Alice. I bet when Alice. your mum read you the three Billy Goats gruff, you saw sex in it, didn't you? <laughs> no, because I was a little child then and I never saw things like she's that. She's now a worldly wise just, woman. Just as if I read Peter Pan now, I see a totally different book to I did when I was about 10 yes Oh it's a completely different book. But uh, the the whole <laughs> the, the underworld is destroyed and is in rack and yeah. ruins. And but you know you've got these lovely sumptuous palaces. Yes. Yeah. But all the characters are still there. The mm. white rabbit, the Queen what of do you Hearts. call the Queen of Hearts, the pelicans, the, the cards, the Mad Hatter, mm. Mad March Hare. Oh, Mad March yeah, Hare. it was brilliant. <laughs> was that Billy Connolly? No, it wasn't. It's... I looked it up. I can't remember who March it was. Hare. The March Hare. It's got the March Hare has got a very broad Scottish accent. I would say it is worth going to see. Yes. It's one that I think if the child is under 11 or 12, they might not like it. And I think teenagers might get a bit fed up with it in in the middle. So sort of like between 10 and about 15, 16, and then over 22. Yeah. <laughs> but don't bother with the 3D. Yeah, it's not worth the 3D. Watch it in 2D. Mm. Some nice um, voice credits. We had Alan Rickman as the Caterpillar. Mm, yes. yep. Yep. Stephen Fry as mentioned. the Cheshire as the Cheshire Cats. Cats. Yep. Paul Whitehouse with the uh, the hair. Paul yeah. Whitehouse, that was it. <laughs> Barbara, Windsor. Barbara Windsor. Barbara Windsor as the yeah. little mouse. Yeah, the was it Imelda mouse. Staunton as the flowers? Yeah. Mm, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Lucas. Yeah. Uh, Tweedledum and Tweedledee. Yeah. He was wonderful. You just wanted to hug him. <laughs> I mean, I know it wasn't him. But... <laughs> One half of him was him. Well, the Red Queen. I thought she was quite well done. Oh, yes. Particularly oh, with the, uh, the CGI yeah. to yes. mm-hmm. make her head look weird. She's not afraid of playing off the wall characters oh, to she... do her no favours visually, is yeah. she? <laughs> Virtually all Tim Burton films, he has put her in the most bizarrest roles possible. Mm-hmm. Maybe he's living out some fantasies. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Aren't they married? Yeah. yeah, yeah. She's Mrs. Tim Burton. Yeah. 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 So go and see it, but don't bother with the 3D. Unless you go see the Dog 2 3D but trailer. But I wouldn't bother with that either, because that, that didn't work for me. <laughs> and it's been cut down, apparently. Yeah. Yeah. It is only 40 seconds. Yeah. Uh, but still, you get to see Grunhilda in 3D. <laughs> <laughs> I'm God. sure you get to see him in 3D every night, El Presidente. <laughs> yeah, maybe. <laughs> so as Alice once said, you're nothing but a bunch of playing cards. You're a very odd man. Feedback time. Lots and lots and lots, lots and lots. Yes, all from the same yeah. person. Lots. Yeah, Reese. Reese, we love you, but could you do us just one piece of feedback for one podcast? 
Right, we've heard from Stephen. Hello, Hello Stephen. Stephen. He says, Dear the Staggering Stories team, I write with a tear running from my eye. I've just uh, been watching The Last Being Human, and it's been staggeringly good series. See what I did there. Yes. I, I didn't laugh that much that I cried with laughter at the end of it. Uh-huh. <laughs> As always, I felt Annie's plot was a bit weak. Her objectives changed more than Eccleston said fantastic in the long game. <laughs> to begin with, she wanted to recreate her life, then she wanted to help spirits pass over, then she wanted to help them speak to their loved ones well you get the picture but it wouldn't be being human without her her joyful nature and crazy plans her personality is perfectly ironic the dead woman being the most lively of all the flatmates I was glad she got the send off she did though I think it will be cheap to bring her back after this it's still a great shame to see her go she'll be back oh dear I'll see that's the plot next year George started off this series as a bit tiresome for me as Lee Lee Metcalf of the Black Dog podcast perfectly vocalised he wasn't too keen on seeing everything in George's life go to it just to make good drama <laughs> and I thought he had just become rather unpleasant but after Nina left I thought the brand new love story with can't remember her name Sam crossed with <laughs> the bad wolf's growing strength in his normal life was thoroughly enjoyable Russell Tovey perfectly portraying the man's desperation to find love and a life I also love the character of Molly the scenes of her interaction with George giving him <laughs> advice were probably the funniest of the series and rightly so because George is just so awkward Mitchell's stories tend to be the best in my opinion I enjoyed his path of redemption persuading all the vampires to get clean and then fall to the darkest parts of his vampiric nature an interesting contrast but whilst I found the redemption part original and rather funny I thought his dark nature surfacing was just a copy of last season which was a bit of a shame Lucy's introduction to the series was pulled off perfectly she seemed insignificant enough to start with but the reveal that she was working with that hideous religious extremist (laughs) was probably the best cliffhanger I've ever seen no exaggeration that was one I personally did not see coming at all yeah no me not I thought she was destined to become vampire Nina (laughs) which would have been awful so it just goes to show Toby Whitehouse knows exactly what he's doing and he's doing it right Mm. as for the cliffhangers I told you what I think of Annie coming back the show needs to move forward and her story finished a whole series ago and I'm not sure was that Herrick who got resurrected yes Mm. yes it was because if so I think we may have a very interesting story ahead one of the vampires mentioned that it was Mitchell who told them where to find the bones so has Mitchell returned to our side after all or did he just want to ensure his friend's safety before returning to his plans of revenge Mm. but I leave you now to return to the words of far more intelligent persons than myself unless mine is the last feedback (laughs) then I leave you to the outtakes which are far more funny than myself see things are looking up (laughs) and remember children bit of culture for you there. Enjoy. From Stephen. <laughs> thank you, Stephen. Uh, thank you, Stephen. <laughs> thank you. Ooh, right. We have the first of many emails from Reese Parton. <laughs> Hi, Reese. Hello, Reese. Dear team, not the head of Pertwee because he's been getting too much attention recently. But wait, damn, I just mentioned the head. <laughs> Anywho, I'm so excited because just last night the first episode of Sanctuary aired down under and it was brilliant. Oh, mm-hmm. I'm hooked already and I started playing the Spot Who Was on Stargate game. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun too. I'm still thinking about what I'll put in my escape pod discs. It takes a long time to read it all out, so take that as a warning. <laughs> but I'm right in thinking that no one has put together a 30 
30-second recommendation of a favourite TV show, Doctor Who. Oh, probably If that's the case, I'd like to. My 30-second recommendation this time is the new Doctor Who. It's a fantastic show, wonderfully acted, with great music and good visual effects. It mainly features one main character with a new companion every season or so. It's very, very good. I'll have to tune in to see if I can catch that. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. It's a good series. Hmm, give it a go. Well, that's all for now from Reese Parton. P.S. I'm s- I'm sorry about all the emails recently, but as soon as I send one, I'll think of more things to say. <laughs> <laughs> we and know. sure enough, <laughs> and we have um, a, a message here from Reese Parton. <laughs> Hi, guys, and gels. Gels. You gels. means gels. <laughs> Reese here, and don't be angry about all the emails, but this. This will be the last, hopefully. He's lying. (laughs) (laughs) Now, I've been going and listening to your early podcasts. You mad fool. (laughs) Yes, and some of you weren't in favour of Stargate Atlantis. Never seen it. But I'd (laughs) like you to give it another go, because I'd like to get a Stargate podcast of all the series from you sometime, possibly, maybe. That's an idea. Maybe. Well, now I'll be thinking of something else to write, but this should be it. Uh-huh. TTFN from Reese Parton. P.S. I've come up with an idea about the Torchwood team. They could bring back the Lady Christina, Christina. Christina as a member or not. With her flying bus. Gosh, guess who's written next? I don't tell us know. who. I think El Presidente should tell us. Okay, we have another one here from Reese Parton. Oh, Reese, missed you, mate. <laughs> In all of two seconds. <laughs> Dear team, sorry about all these emails, but I need to say this. Okay. I just wanted to give you my brown trouser moments. <laughs> okay. I'd like to point out Blink shouldn't need to be listed. I mean, gulp. Yep. yep. <laughs> Number one, the first glimpse of new Daleks in Dalek. It's my first time seeing a Dalek, and, well, I was sitting between my mum and dad going, meep. 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 Number two, the rise of Cybermen. Mm. Oh. My. God. My first Sideman episode, and it was great. I just rewatched it recently, and the reveal of them was great. I think Mum and Dad gave me a blanket, <laughs> my pillow, and a teddy bear to cuddle while I hid behind <laughs> the other pillows for the night. Mum and Dad have obviously seen Daleks yep. and Cybermen yep. before <laughs> knew what was coming. That was for the second part. The first part, I was at some old friend's house where it used to live. But the second part, when the Doctor and Mrs. Moore were in the coolant tunnel... Oh. <laughs> I was reminded recently about my third while listening to my brand new series one and two soundtrack. I'd just like to agree with Fake Keith and El Presidente, of course, with Doomsday. <laughs> like Fake Keith, I cry every time it comes on. Aww. Sniff. <laughs> anyway, my third and possibly my most memorable moment of New Who is in Bad Wolf and the Parting of the Ways. When the Daleks were on the station coming down the hall, the music was out of the blue and awesome and terrifying. It started with a sound effect. It's kind of like crossing a zing and a voom. Okay. And I'm still am sorry, but thoughts keep coming and I want to get them out there. And to make the job easier, I made the font a bit bigger so fake Keith could read this out. Oh, unfortunately, I'm sorry. trying. And they'll get printed at the same size anyway, so don't worry. So there should be at least two of you reading them. <laughs> keep up the good work from Reese Parton. P.S. I agree with real Keith about Tooth and Claw. Oh, it's yeah, a very good story you. apart from the smugness and whatnot. And it had a brilliant song in it. I love it. <laughs> Do you have a song in it? I remember a song in that one. P.P.S. Private Parliamentary. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I know the fifth series of Doctor Who will air on the 6th of April in the UK. No, it won't be a 3rd of April, I believe. Uh, I didn't. And I'm happy, happy, happy about this. Laid down under it in the same month instead of about <laughs> half a year as it felt. I'd like it to be on the 16th because that's my birthday. Oh, happy oh. birthday for then. I think a 60-minute Doctor Who will be a great present. 
65 minutes. <laughs> I must likely give a list of what I got, if you like. I mean, you do. Isn't it quite interesting there that we were just talking about the Daleks, and yet they're still mm, yeah. nearly 30 years on, oh, it's still having frightening that same people. Same effect. <laughs> yeah. Hi, Owen. It's the Staggering Stories crew here. How are you? We know why correspondents haven't been coming in recently. It's because, one, you're taking your stalker practicality exam. Thanks for choosing us as your subjects. And two, you're darn lazy. <laughs> you just wanted to write to, to us to say that you've bought the Peladon box set and ooh, enjoyed it and would recommend it. And for people to watch... The Ice Warriors featurette. And you've also bought the Space Museum and the Chase and think that Space Museum may be your favourite story ever. Well, OK. Anyway, bye. Staggering Stories crew, and especially love from Fake Keith. <laughs> Okay, that was odd. I think Owen might have had some kind of uh, psychological breakdown. I think so, yeah. (laughs) Anyway. A little bit of feedback there, Mm. literally. (laughs) Good to hear from you anyway. Yep, thank (laughs) you for that. Baffled as we are. Thank you for not writing to us, (laughs) Owen. We have one here from Naya. Hi, Naya. Hello, Staggering Stories team. Hello. Re-podcast 65. Oh, yeah. Yes, gentlemen, that was 55 inches of snow in DC. Oh, blimey. <laughs> 79 inches in some places. That's a lot. Yeah. I sincerely hope I will never see another flake of snow for 55 years. <laughs> oh, mm, tell us about f- it. Fun in that. Last feedback was short because we did lose power. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Hmm? Getting back to the topic. Oh, you must come to Galley next year. Oh, we It'll be my first did. Gallifrey convention oh, as well. Definitely, yep. then. We've got We're to go to see now. Booking our tickets. Yeah. In a couple of weeks, aren't Your we? spotters Hopefully. will have the t shirts on. I, I've got to go because I need to personally thank her for the chocolate brownies. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Re Podcast 66 on trailers. I love the Do You Want to Come With Me trailer. I still mm. get chills when mm. I hear the, that voice say those words. It was exciting. It was thrilling. It was every promise every fan held all those 16 years. <laughs> yeah. That's also its only problem. It was aimed, as Keith and Jean pointed out, more at the old fans more than at new ones. True. But it got people anyway, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Put bums on seats. Yep, but the words of the latest trailer, not the rather dodgy down the rabbit hole visuals, but those words, all of time and space, everywhere and anywhere, every star that ever was, where do you want to start? (laughs) This is the best encapsulation of what Doctor Who is <laughs> and it plays not just to us but explains everything for people who've never watched before. It's the entire premise in 19 words and thus far more evocative than Eccleston's rather generic offer and warning. Yeah, I agree. I do like those final words of Smith, sir. As for the other trailers, the one that was my favourite is the one that creeped all of you out. The Doctor <laughs> Martha one. <laughs> that was weird. <laughs> I like very much that they were showing Martha as someone who was independent and who could stand up to the Doctor. The split screen was fabulous because it had the companion on an equal footing as the Doctor. It's such a pity that was never played out in the stories. Mm. Yeah. I didn't like the first Tenant one because it was too obviously a remake of the Eccleston one. Yeah. I didn't like the trailer for the Donna season because the narration was pretty much worship the Doctor, he is all powerful. (laughs) (laughs) And by that time I was getting pretty irritated with the way the Doctor was being portrayed. I'm not going to worship a character that I think needs to slap upside the head. (laughs) No matter how often the writers tell me he's lonely and unthanked. (laughs) Another couple of fun podcasts. I'm looking forward to hearing you again in a couple of weeks. Now, 
Thank you. Thank you, Naya. Thank you, Naya. A woman who knows her mind. <laughs> <laughs> Why do I get the feeling she takes no prisoners nor falls lightly? Yeah. <laughs> That's us out then, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> Probably uh, less resistant to Matt Smith than some people around here. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you mean. <laughs> right, we've I like got, um, the words, it's just the voice that was saying them. Right, we've heard from Bob. 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 Hello, Bob. Hello, is that short for Kate? It is. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Bob. He says, Dear Staggering Stories team, hopefully not minus fake Keith Yay. and the head <laughs> of the Doctor Who Podcasting Alliance yes I was that desperate well done on the last podcast I really enjoyed your comparison of the trailers and must agree with you that the first and fourth series trailers are the best out of the four yeah. OMG the 11th Doctor Cop feel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. did frequently often and repetitively mm. I just kind of put myself in his place I don't know <laughs> oh you wish <laughs> being uh-huh, Human uh-huh. Series 2 I have a lot to say about Being Human so this might be a long letter so brace yourself I'm braced don't clench oh damn <laughs> rather than do a summary episode by episode I have summaries for all the main character arcs through the series yeah it's interesting George and Nina mm. George and Nina provided the emotional centre for the show with Nina being infected by George the AIDS references are aplenty mm. when she leaves him later mm. in the series and then calls a few weeks later providing the most emotional scenes of the series indeed I'm not afraid to say that the scene brought a lump to my throat and a tear to my eye <laughs> the same can also be said about the scene at the end of episode four mm-hmm. george also provides the four scariest scenes of the series when he forgets that the clocks go back and almost transforms in a school yeah yeah that was, was quite a mm. mitchell and lucy mitchell provided the main arc for the series with him having to take over the job left vacant by herrick to rein in the killing done by the leaderless vampires seeing him having to struggle to keep control of himself and the others as well as his relationship with Lucy later revealed to be Professor Jagged when she betrays him in the ultimate way he can't get any worse than trying to blow him up he understandably (laughs) takes it less than well which each time he has tried to become more human he has had the proverbial knife stuck in his back turned him against humanity this also led to another of the four scariest scenes of the series the tube scene in episode 7 oh the massacre mind you he also provided the funniest moments as well. The scene where he rages against the moving of the real hustle. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yes. The yeah. big fans of the real hustle, aren't they? <laughs> oh, I still had sympathy with him on that one of BBC TV timings. Oh, yeah. Annie. I wasn't expecting much from Annie this series as it seemed that her main stories was last series, last season. How wrong can you get? Mm. Though there were some emotional moments, Annie's art provided most of the scarier moments for the series with the men with sticks and rope at the end of the Mm. corridor (laughs) trying to drag her over to the other side. This provided two of the five scariest scenes of the series (laughs) with Saul trying to drag her through the door and her forced exorcism by Kemp. These scenes reminded us that we were watching a horror programme. We also see how much she loved both George and Mitchell special mention goes to the scene with the werewolf in the pressure chamber for being a truly creepy and uncomfortable scene to watch Mm. as well as Kemp for truly being a good villain that makes your skin crawl (laughs) you always get the feeling that while he was trying to cure the werewolves he was more than happy to kill them nice (laughs) to see as a priest he remembered about the Christian principles of forgiveness and helping your fellow man (laughs) yes well (laughs) it's scary to think that we might not have had this series at all as when the pilot was aired even though it was an audio winner was passed over for commissioning due to the fact that one of the BBC high-ups liked another one of the other pilots action yes. mm. only due to a campaign from the fans was the series commissioned and look what has sprung from this yeah. it truly goes to show that we the viewing public know what we're talking about and what we want to watch 
Sorry, I really have rambled on. And the sad thing is that I have more. It's turning into Reese. <laughs> but this just shows how much I love this programme. If it's not considered criminal, I may like it just as much as Doctor Who. Burn the heretic! Crucify him! Burn him! <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what came over me then. Mustache, Bob be with you, the boy Bob. 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 <laughs> as he says, or as Tony now calls me, the Adric of Doctor Who podcasting. You must make Tony the uh, JNT. Oh, Oh, look at the next one. Oh, we haven't heard from him for ages. Oh, really? Who could it be? I think I should do this one because I haven't done Reese. Pardon? (laughs) (laughs) It's the talk of JNT and the boy Adric. I do apologise. He saw him in an acting role. Yes. And nothing to do with heaven. (laughs) Acting on the couch. Uh, Promotion by the backstairs. (laughs) No, no, promotion. No. <laughs> Somebody's no, asking about that on the VF4. That's not the version I heard. <laughs> the Lavender Passage. Okay, before we wander into libelous territory, <laughs> read the bloody letter. <laughs> it's far too late for that. <laughs> Dear team, I've just found out that I'll be able to watch the first episode of a new series on my birthday. Really? But not on TV. It will be on iView, and I guess that's just like iPlayer, and on ABC One on on the 18th so oh, I'm yeah. going to watch it on iView and then beg my mum to give uh, Matt a go <laughs> I'm with Reese's mother on this <laughs> one <laughs> I'm jumping up and down so I'm so happy <laughs> well hopefully not on the sofa or the bed because you'll ruin it <laughs> so I've got a cheesy smile on my face <laughs> and it's more than a month before it's on oh and fake Keith Amanda Topping's hair in Sanctuary is her rule hair what hmm. <laughs> <laughs> why are you having a I keep hearing your review of it and I go, oh dear. And by the way, I'd like to have that as a 30 second recommendation. Amanda Tapping's hair. Amanda (laughs) Okay. Amanda Tapping's hair is usually found on the top of her head or the nose. (laughs) And other places in between. In between what? It has brilliant brilliant CGI, great acting, good plot ideas, and the whole idea of it is really very good. It Mm. also has the beautiful Amanda Tapping in it. Oosp. I think he means oops. 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 Oh, sorry. Oops. 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 It sounds like a biscuit by Cadbury's. Tiny oosp. Chocolate covered oosp. I may contain nuts. I'm trying to read a letter. I'm trying to read a letter. Look, have a bite of your oosp. It'll calm you down. Nom, 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 nom. Ah. I did Next plan- week, new caramel oosp. oosp. <laughs> can I continue? Sorry, now? yes, Karen. <laughs> oosp. I did kind of give away what I think of Amanda tapping. Hee hee. Oh, Amanda. Oh, sorry. Oh, not for you. Oh, not for your mother. What your grandmother? <laughs> uh, could I point out similar comments between you and a certain Gunnhilda Knobnacker? <laughs> no, not quite, not quite. It's only uh, 13 years free or something. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, what else was there to say? Oh, yes. I just watched the DVD of Ark in Space and loved it. Mm-hmm. As Crumbly is right that the cliffhanger is pretty cool. Trouble is, I think he's referencing podcasts that we've done last year, so we can't remember what I can't remember the podcast did last no. week. Two weeks ago. I think it's where the Wirren falls out of the cupboard. Probably. Oh, yeah. OK. If you think about it when it was aired, I've never seen the companion Harry before, and I loved him. 
Jerry Sullivan's an imbecile. Ah, oh, he's great. He was great. He and did anyone else think Elizabeth Sladen looked a little bit cute? No. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that was the first time I'd seen her in Old Who. Oh, and one more thing. My friend lent me the DVD box set of Series 4 of Doctor Who, and I've been watching it non-stop. Even when my mum and dad wanted to watch TV, I put it on. Good for you. <laughs> I put it on the PC, and it's in high def there. Kind of. I'll watch it on there from now on. I got some chairs and some pillows and settled down to watch. Marvelous. <laughs> oh. Also, so I'd like sweet. to also I'd like to point out that son of mine from Family of Blood is Will Scarlet from the new Robin Hood series. Hmm. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, I, yes. I did not know that. Yeah. I did not know that. And Red Shirt Ross is Will's brother. Just a bit of trivia. He's a guy who's in demons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he was the guy in demons. Well, that's about it from now. Reese Parton. <laughs> P.S. <laughs> if you don't have an idea for a name of the podcast that you may or may not read this out on, it could be The Parton of, of the Ways. The Parton of the Ways, as something like that. Oh. And also, just drop my emails between sections if you want to. <laughs> I'm just trying to help, and please read out my emails. I'd like to hear your comments. This email was brought to you by <laughs> Chocolate Oos. <laughs> Does not form one of your five a day. Oh, release. Really? <laughs> I know you have sent us... Uh, a million emails. <laughs> I know you have sent us your podcast discs. Escape pod discs. We're going to read it out next time to have in a podcast discs place, not in the form. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So remember. Give, it, give it your own bit of music, your own little bit, so it will be played. We haven't forgotten you. Yes, sir. Don't write in and complain that we're ignoring you, because we're not. We have one from Benjamin Elliot. Hello, oh, Benjamin. Hi Benjamin. Hello, Benji. Hello, Benji. Chief Scientist. Benji. Chief Keith. Dog. Chief Fake Keith. <laughs> chief Andy. Chief Jean. Hello, Head of Buddy. <laughs> uh, he's not a chief. Uh-huh. No. Sorry for the lack of feedback in a while. Computer issues are keeping me from putting shows on my iPod. Oh. So I have to find time at home to listen on the computer. You make a lovely 5.45am <laughs> show. Oh. No, I don't. Oh. I'm asleep at that time of morning. <laughs> BTW, but by I'd... BTW? By the way. way. Oh, sorry, by the way, but I'd rather get things back to normal and hear the shows at work. Yeah. <laughs> Aren't you meant to be working? He's like me, this is to an insurance break. Okay. <laughs> I also have my own arch nemesis now. Oh, Ooh. A bank is trying to crush me. Ooh. 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 We know it's, the feeling. <laughs> it's a story even too weird for here. <laughs> if they win, they lose $50,000 of their money and I walk away next to, but not quite broke. Mm. If they lose, they still have that 50000 of their money and I walk away in just about the same financial situation. Those are the only parts of the situation that make even a remote bit of sense the most incompetent nemesis ever. Mm. Okay. Mm. Well, that. Good luck with that, I yeah. think. Sounds like they've got the financial people that need to be readdressed. And it finally took part in the Doctor Who Mastermind competition. Yes, I heard it. To the chagrin of Tony Gagshon, <laughs> I am tied for second place, well below Tony on the board. Yes, he's quite high up there. It's a bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> Suppose that's what happens when you take the quiz without reviewing the reference material. <laughs> we'll rely on your ingrained memory. I think, yeah, I think Tony wanted to be 
defeated. (laughs) (laughs) Don't believe it. Still, I know another Elliot who wants to compete and could make a name for herself slaying Tony's magical number. (laughs) Time will tell. Ooh, I hope so. (laughs) I'm not going nowhere near it. (laughs) Me me and Doctor Who quizzes, no. No. B plus to the international broadcasters of Doctor Who for moving the broadcast dates closer to the UK broadcast. Yes. Two weeks behind the UK is about 12 days after the people you want to be patient will have downloaded the show. True, yeah. Mm. But it is much better than in the past. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be months. Yeah. He's hoping that Matt Smith can become an American, <laughs> Canadian and Australian heartthrob in the way that David Tennant won the hearts of people throughout the British Isles. <laughs> I did have to choose the one where I had to read his name out. <laughs> get a teaser. Sorry, not a taser. I thought it said get a taser. No, I'm thinking about Smith again. <laughs> Got a teaser here. The decision to new to the DVD release of The Chase Overseas has stirred my ire. The creative juices are bubbling. Yeah. It is time for a certain <laughs> supervillain to rise from the muck and mire to do battle once again. Bagpuss, we need you. Uh-huh. What? Just kidding, it's Mr. Darling. Yay! Yay! Cheers from three miles north of Manassas, Benjamin Elliot. Oh, Thank God. You. We have a new story Mr. Darling versus the lawyers. <laughs> 50,000 individuals are outside the company office right now, standing stoically. One of the policemen is approaching the demonstrators. Were there 50,000 people standing out here without a permit? These monsters have denied the BBC the ability to release the Doc 2 story, The Chase, overseas. A vital scene in part one has to be excised over the most ludicrous copyright issue ever. I remember The Chase. It got me interested in chasing criminals. That story deserves to be seen. Glad you agree with us. But why are all of you dressed as hedgehogs? I heard that everyone dressing up in a costume <laughs> presenting as an army would be scarier. Oh dear, how many times do I have to tell people? Don't take suggestions from the now show literally. It doesn't make you all look scary, it makes you all look silly. Indeed, I'm about to laugh. Ha ha ha! Falls over dead. Marcus Bridgestock, this was your idea! You are next! So there you have it. An angry army of fans protests the censoring of DVD release and a toy Dalek declares war on a topical BBC comedy radio show. Back to the studio. <laughs> Miss Dalek versus the lawyer. Coming soonish. Soonish. Thank you for that. Yes, that, that, was, that was entertaining. <laughs> The clip, in case you don't know, is uh, the Beatles yeah, on the vision, yeah, they've, space-time they've visualizer or whatever it's called. They want to pull the Beatles bit or they can't get copyright. They can't it. get clearance for it overseas. So they've had to the edit UK. it out. Mm. They replaced it with something else or no. exorcised yeah, it completely? You would have thought the yeah. amount of clips that have been put on TV programmes and all the rest of it, 30 seconds on yeah. a black and white Doctor Who story <laughs> oh, would you'd be, be surprised. Yeah. You'd be surprised. Yeah. Right, we've heard of... Je- we've heard of... We've heard of... We've heard of J.D. 
JD. Ah, yeah, yeah, he does exist because he's written to us. Yeah, very nice fellow. JD says hello, team, and the head. Sorry about the late feedback. I was hoping to do some audio feedback, but never got around to it. feeling. I have to say that I'm very excited. I hope you've cleaned up after you. Because as of today, there is only a couple of weeks left till a new Doctor Who season. Feels nice to say that. Does seeing how we had the crappy gap year with only three really good episodes. Yes, I liked the end of time. <laughs> I have a feeling that Gene will be heading either the Matt Smith fan club or the I really can't stand the new Doctor, I want to kill him club. <laughs> I can't believe you guys <laughs> forgot to read my last zombie apocalypse email. Oh, we did. You all will get banners on your Facebook wall for that one. Have an oosp. I have, yeah, have an oosp. Calm down. <laughs> I have escape pod discs, laptop, TV, PS3, ZPM to power it all, and a machine gun with unlimited ammo so I can hunt, and finally a cell phone so I can call for help. P.S. Check your Facebook crumbly and Jean. Am I being ignored or what? Friend of the show, JD. JD? What? I would I would be terrified by the idea of something on my Facebook if I actually ever went near the bloody thing. <laughs> She's a Luddite. Yeah. I'm having problems with Internet Explorer at the moment. So. Aren't we all, dear? Firefox. Or yeah. Chrome, maybe. Firefox. Every time. Firefox is a lot better. There is a couple more bits of feedback here. Oh, sure. We haven't had time to print out. Leia Thomas, El Prez. We have one here from Wynn. Hello, Wynn. Hello, Wynn. Wynn. I've really missed you. It hasn't been the same. <laughs> Gene, put your top on. He can't see you. Just put it on. Oh. Dear team, you've all done arousingly well. Oh. Arousingly? arousingly. <laughs> I didn't know, didn't realise Wynn felt that way about me. Hello, well. hello Wynn. Well, the lovely Gene has. <laughs> the boys need to up their game. They leave me distinctly unaroused. <laughs> and fake Keith is taking the hard-to-get thing too far. <laughs> hard-to-get I can deal with impossible to get by not being there is another matter <laughs> yeah, how can he stalk you if you haven't got the decency to be here to be stalked sorry <laughs> belated birthday wishes to Jean very cool as she said last time you're only as old as the person you feel she's well, ruddy you've always, you've always got the chance to feel 38 <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh dear I was planning to make a special present for you which involved McFadden smutomatic filter engaged <laughs> blah 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 solidified fluids <laughs> blah 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 like milking a cow one handed blah 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 <laughs> think of Reese think of Reese blah 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 just a wee boy exactly <laughs> like the snowman blah 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 what? can't believe it's not butter <laughs> blah 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 <laughs> overdid it a bit blah 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 extreme dehydration <laughs> blah 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 embarrassing injuries unit Blah, blah, blah. Placed essential salts. Blah, blah, blah. Next time, buy a card, you freak. Blah, blah, blah. We'll go to WH Smith's next time. Oh, dear. Wynn, I think you've overstayed. You've given her a flush. I recently purchased Mask of Mandragora using Ooh. the nectar points that fake Keith churlishly turned down. Sorry. As a DVD, it's pretty good, with a lot of interesting extras. Overall, this story is, like Image of the Fendal, an example of how I remember Doc as a child they're not nearly as scary and atmospheric yeah the only real problem I have with the story is that I'm still not quite clear on how the doctor saved the day at the end never mind I'm always looking for an excuse to rewatch stories 
With regards to the Daleks, it's an interesting story. It's clear from the off that this is a much more intriguing story than the remaining three episodes following Unearthly Child. We again get to see a conniving and untrustworthy doctor putting his new companions and his own granddaughter at risk just so he can have the opportunity to explore. The Daleks are great in this story and it does contain some challenging issues, i.e. when Ian persuades the Thals to resort to violence and thereby turn their backs on their principle of pacifism. Is it sacrilegious to say that I actually prefer the movie version? <laughs> if nothing else, it's shorter. Yeah. The TV version, as with lots of pre-Tom Baker stories, is substantially padded. Yeah. Nevertheless, it's clear why Doctor took off following this story. Being Human Series 2, as I mentioned last time, was brilliant. I'm not sure I'd go so far as say it's better than Series 1, but it's certainly as good. Mm-hmm. It was much darker than Series 1, and I Ooh, yeah. did miss a humour this time round. However, the rarity of the moments of humour made me laugh all the more when they happened. For example, the sidetracked discussion of George having gone through a brief period of trying out skinny jeans. <laughs> I was delighted to see Herrick appear in the 60s flashback story. He added the level of menace and humour that he was great at in Season 1. Next year is going to be great, I have no doubt. Bob, be with you. See you at Waterstones in Thurrock. Win. Thanks, Win. Thank you, Win. Mm, thank you, Win. It is kind of hard to be humorous while you have a mouthful of human throat, though, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it is. And now, very quickly, very, very quickly, especially quickly for Win. Subliminal messages. So now we're back to news now. Still a news. News now you have with it. Thank you <laughs> And I think a final email, hopefully, for today. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they're writing while we're recording. <laughs> yeah. One here from Patrick. Ooh. Oh, Patrick. Is Patrick new? No. no. Oh, I'm just forgetful. Sorry, Patrick. He's old. Yeah. Dear team, this email comes in two parts. Oh, God, it's Reese again. She's <laughs> <laughs> using his pseudonym. pseudonym. <laughs> Sorry and colours. Apparently the two parts. Okay. In the first part, sorry, Jean. If I had known it was your birthday, I would have lied. <laughs> Is this some weird tradition no, that no, we're no, unaware of? Favorite. Yeah, least favourite. Yeah, least favourite. It all comes crashing back now. She's yeah. sobbing back into her mouth. Yes, I was sobbing in my mug because I was his least favourite. Yeah. And I had to read the letter saying I was his least favourite. Shame on you. Oh, this isn't good. <laughs> I think we should ban Patrick. He's a bastard. <laughs> He's apologised. Oh, fair enough. Well, ever since I found out that you have the same birth month as me, mine's the 29th, you've got up in the list. (laughs) I won't say who's last now. (laughs) But the second, colours of the series. If I had to give you a colour of each of the series of the new series of Doctor Who, which conveys its tone, plot, characters, etc., which would you choose? I went to a psychiatrist once who did this. It turns out I'm suppressing violent tendencies towards my grandmother. <laughs> oh, okay. OK. I never did suppress those. Oh, didn't you? Yeah, but no. then there was that court incident. There, there mm. was, but... Mm. Poor yeah. woman. So I got the inheritance anyway. Mm. What colour would we go <laughs> the most painful season? use of a spoon I've ever seen. <laughs> anyway, he's given his own choices. Go on, then. Go on. But uh, he says he wants us to choose ours first. So, ah. all, f- all the series. All yep. the series. The new Who. Four yeah. series. Four OK. Colors. First one, I would say... Red. Red, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think uh, maybe maybe black, if that's a colour. Mm. Of course it's a colour. Because he's, kind of, he's kind of dark and It better broken. be a colour, otherwise this top is see-through. There's one of these glasses on there. <laughs> I'd say blue, TARDIS blue. TARDIS blue, okay. That's a rude story. <laughs> I know it, it is. I've actually got a copy of it somewhere still. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, you'll have to, you'll have to, for the yeah. <laughs> no way. 
Uh, for me, there's no one colour that encapsulates oh, a series. Oh, oh yeah. God. <laughs> first, first series, I think it starts off gold. Gold? Gold. Yeah. Right, OK, yeah, yeah, yeah. As it's sparkly, it's back. Okay. It's, it's okay. everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then towards the end, it dulls off. Because it tarnishes slightly. <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's, 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 you've got the underlying angst and whatever okay. going on okay. there. Crumbly? Ooh, orange. Ooh. <laughs> orange yeah. for fire. The fire of a new series, new ideas. Oh, OK, yeah, yeah. Right, season two then? Series two? Series two. Pink. Pink. Fluffy bunny pink. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, I choose brown. Isn't yeah. that scary? <laughs> kind of reminds of his suit. Well, yeah. I've gone for burnt umber. Oh, oh trust you! <laughs> Which is burnt orange colour. Yeah. I just say orange like the rest of us. Well, no, it's not bright, bright orange. It's kind of like burnt orange colour. <laughs> choose a colour, he said. Choose a bloody colour. <laughs> Series two, burgundy. Burgundy, okay. Crumbler. Okay. <laughs> That's not a colour. <laughs> Garage. Peach. 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 Mm. Peachy. All right, series three. Series three, grey. Very grey. Kind of green, I'm thinking. The master, that sort of thing, kind of greenish. I'm, I'm afraid I'd go with Karen on three and actually would say it was a beige or grey one. I've got to think of an orange. Orange, yeah? Orange, yes. Something dark and foreboding. Black. Pink. <laughs> <laughs> Aquamarine. Mm. Heliotrope. Heliotrope. Oh, shush. You learn a new word and you just don't <laughs> let it go. <laughs> Something dark and foreboding. Okay. Right, season four then. Four. Four. Right, I'm lost. We're on Donna now. Donna. Yeah, Donna. Donna. Yeah. Um... Yellow. Yeah, yeah, I'd go for that, yeah. I'd go for something something dark. Dark? Dark, yes. A dark heliotrope? No, no, <laughs> no, no. Perhaps purple, storm Ooh. clouds. And... I'd mm. go copper. Ooh. Copper? Mr Copper. I'm not sure. Kind of dark reddish, maybe. It's kind of red, kind of fun, but getting a bit dark. Yeah, mm. yeah. I think you're roughly the same wavelength there. Oh, yeah. Hey, Patrick's choices were series one, red. Booyah! Why am I happy? Keith <laughs> <laughs> shared the one on that. Series two, bluey green. Can't remember what I said. No, can I? Uh, <laughs> we're, we're playing. Listen that. to him back. Series three, yellow. No, we said grey. And series four, orange. This is like the lottery numbers. I'm getting them, but one place yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> Be a bloody yep. millionaire by now. He says he wasn't sure about three. He wanted to say orange, but he thought it suited four more. <laughs> okay. Okay. And that's it. Till next time, Patrick. You do realise that there's the... probably some psychologist or psychoanalyst that's Making listening to this that's then going to actually contact us to prove that we're mad. mad. Yeah. I honestly <laughs> think people that intelligent would be listening to this. <laughs> some of the people listening to this have got degrees. Yeah. Mm. Well, don't say that. You get me worried now. <laughs> I'm going to have to choose every oh, so I haven't even got an O level. <laughs> so this could be the. Uh, colour version of the Horshack ink, ink block test. Mm. Yes. yes. Why not? Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, you're so wonderful. Thank you. Wow, thank you. Yes. Reese, <laughs> you're a little bit insane, but, thank you know. We love you anyway. Stephen. Thank you especially, Stephen. Oh, hell. <laughs> if you would like to get in touch with us, you can tap out a letter to show at Staggering Stories dot net. And so, dear listeners, this brings us to the end of another podcast. Woohoo! <laughs> 
<laughs> but never fear, we'll be back with more of the same. More fun, frivolity and jollity. More news and reviews. More who old and new. So until then, this is me, Crumbly, saying, be seeing you. Your clock's stopped. I'm sure it's been on 9.59 for the last half an hour. Must be fast then, isn't that right? No. Okay. No. no. You're right. supposed to say goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> Au revoir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You haven't listened to the Staggering Stories podcast, Series 1, number 67, featuring Adam J. Purcell, Andy Simpkins, Fate Keith, Gene Riddler, and the real Keith Dunn. The views expressed here are those of the speaker, no less represent those of the other speakers on the site. No copyright infringement is intended, and this podcast is an El Presidente production at www.staggeringstories.net. I had a really strange dream last night. Oh, God. It was an odd dream, and I hadn't even had cheese. Mm. And it was an interview on Michael Parkinson, and it was Billy Piper and David Tennant. And Michael Parkinson asked Billy Piper to do the Scottish accent. And so she did the Scottish accent, and David Tennant (laughs) threw a hissy fit and stormed out. (laughs) That wasn't a naughty dream. (laughs) The naughty dream was completely different. That involved mayonnaise. Ooh. Mm. Yeah, but I'm not putting it all together. Why I'm not saying anything during this bit. It's going to end up on the outtakes. Oh, yeah. We're quiet. She's stealing my bitch. She's ruining it. Stealing your bitch? Bit! Bit! Stealing his bitch up. God, why did Still I my it? bitch up. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I share your pain. <laughs> Don't throw Jean at me. Put her down. <laughs> oh. oh, that could really hurt. <laughs> I aimed it for the microphone. And you hit me on the head. <laughs> I do apologise for the behaviour of the children. Initial she started it. He started it. She started it. I'm telling. <laughs> Don't keep being horrible to me. Can we stop giving them red smarties before we start recording? Yeah. You're running around like headless chickens. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. The decision to new to the DVD release of The Chase Overseas has stirred my ear. Yeah, oh yeah. Oh yeah. The, I wish yeah. people would stop using these complicated words and just say it got me annoyed. Oh, three-letter, <laughs> one-syllable <laughs> word. The creative the. juices are bubbling. Are we he's gonna written, do a he's script? written a script. Adam, you can be Adam. <laughs> okay, I can do that. I'll be, I'm, I'll be the reporter. I can be, I can be G. Yeah, I think oh, you're the reporter. <laughs> <laughs> you can be the cop then. Oh. Hang about. So I'm reporter, you're cop, you're Adam, you're Jean, you're Mr. Dalek. Oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We have one here from Wynn. Hello, Wynn. Hello, Wynn. I've really missed you. It hasn't been the same. <laughs> Jean, put your top on. <laughs> he can't see you, just put it on. Oh. And the other nipple, come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, she doesn't mean it, Wynn. Mental. Jeans waving her baps about. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Anyway, back at the plot. There's a plot. (laughs) Quick, read the goddamn letter. (laughs) Oh, dear.